Sorry, I, I just I, I totally no I totally lost track of time. Uh, but but um, and so now we're um, uh, so yeah we can we can wrap this uh, yeah we can we can keep going and um, yeah so continue your thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no no worries. Um, that, I know I think I mostly completed the thought, which is uh, we need to we need we need to like understand this in historical context. We need to trust the workers to make their own decisions. I've I've seen some people take to twitter uh, or other you know and also i hate to keep talking about twitter because that's not real life but right. or it can be partially real life but you know folks trying to tell people what they should and should not do and they're not even teamsters um yeah i don't know i'm gonna go ahead and say don't i'm gonna tell you what to do just don't do that you know support the workers and, and what their decisions are right um and uh, I'm I'm I am on the edge of my seat to see what's what's going to happen. You know, there, you know, I I think it would be disingenuous not to say that there there are folks out there who um, are pushing for a vote no. Um, you mm -hmm. know, publicly, and right. will that will that succeed? We will have to wait and see. I'm sure there's folks in the chat who are saying vote no, vote yes. Um, you know, this we're this is up to the UPSers to decide, and we're gonna. We're going to watch. This is not over yeah. yet. And I think a lot of media has irresponsibly kind of talked about this. Mm -hmm. This is the, it's a done deal. Yeah. And unfortunately, what that does is that deleverages sort of all the power that UPSers have built. Of course, it's not all gone. Um, but to say that, uh, you know, there's a deal, suddenly the workers are striking rather than UPS striking itself. Um, so. Mm. Uh, I think media, we need to keep pushing also on mainstream media to cover this uh, accurately and appropriately. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. Um, I do, uh, you know, a regular segment on a, um, on a, on a conservative radio show here in the area. And, and that's kind of how he framed it. It was like, oh, so, you know, there's no strike. And I was like, uh, that's up to the members. The members get to vote on this. And it's important that we recognize that uh, because, uh, you know, unlike so many workplaces, uh, there is there's a, a, a some amount of democracy uh, in the Teamsters. And right. UPS, and that's super important to emphasize. And so the members do have uh, the, the members are going to have the final say and we'll see what happens. And and I can I can under, I can certainly understand either uh, either one. And so I think that. Um, I, I don't think that, that I've got any other questions for you, Teddy. Do you, is there anything else that you wanted to, uh, to wrap up with? Um, I think, I think that covers it at this point. It's a wait and see moment. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think just to emphasize once again, worker in this situation, workers fought, um, and they won, um, and they could win more, you know, perhaps whether it's the next contract or it's, it's still this contract, uh, 
but that's the that's the message i i'm taking and i think that's the message that the broader labor movement should take when you fight you win yep teddy ostro host of the upsurge freelance labor reporter you can find his work in in these times magazine the real news network um the Nation, the New Republic, I believe you've got bylines in uh, just about everywhere. Also following him on Twitter at Teddy Ostro. Uh, thanks again. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, guys. All right. All right. Uh, we went a little bit long uh, there, but I think it was good. Really appreciate him taking the time to talk to us. And we're going to take a really quick break and head into overtime. And uh, we want to we, we want to get callers on the line already. already. Yeah, we've already got two callers. So if you're uh, if you're a UPS Teamster in, in particular um, and you want to call in and talk to us about about how you feel about this contract, uh, we're we're really interested in what you've got to say. So. Uh, so, like I said, give us a couple minutes, and we'll be right back with overtime. We are back on uh, online. We are now off the radio, though. Uh, we have freed our shell ourselves from the shackles of the FCC censors, um, and uh, and and we're in overtime. That's the second half of our program where we are online only. Um, and we are, uh, really excited to hear from some of these folks about, uh, from some UPS Teamsters in the chat. If you want to call in, the phone number is 844-899-TVLR. That is 844-899-8857. Uh, we've got a couple of segments that we can get to, but also, uh, you know, honestly, I'm just kind of anticipating just, just taking, taking a bunch of calls. So, um, Adam, let's go ahead and bring the first caller on the air. All right. 201. Uh, y'all pray for me and hope this works right. All right, 201 caller, you are on the air. Tell us where you're calling from and what your name is. Hey, this is Audrey. I'm calling from North Jersey. I'm a UPS Teamster and Local 177. Audrey from New Jersey, Teamster Local 177. Uh, thank you for calling in. Uh, so what's on your mind? Yeah, so... Um, I just wanted to say I think the TA is a total betrayal of us as UPS workers by the union leadership. Um, in my in my view, it's a sellout. It is a concessionary contract. I think we shouldn't mince words about it, and I think we should vote it down. I know uh, you all were talking about it earlier, saying that maybe it's disempowering to say that it's a, a sellout or it has concessions, but I think we should call call it as we see it and. I think to say it's a sellout means actually we know we have the power to demand more. Um, mm. I also think, you know, based on everyone I'm in touch with, uh, what I'm seeing online, I, I think it's not true that across the board people think this is a solid win. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of people are, are rightly upset about a lot of the different issues in it. Are you noticing a difference um, in the online reaction uh, and what folks are telling you um at work are you a driver or a or a part-timer i'm a part-timer i'm a, a sorter what what are people in in your uh in, in your hub saying i mean in my hub you know it's mixed um people are saying that well there is a raise you know it's better than the previous contracts but i mean that's a pretty low bar <laughs> to mm. be just saying because it's better than the sure. the like blatant sell out contracts under the previous leadership like Hoffa, that means we should accept it. I think a lot of people 
you know, it's hard work. It's mm-hmm. very hard work. And the cost of living is high. And I've been telling people about the, the demand for 25 an hour and people are on board with that. They see that, you know, 21 is like, honestly, a slap in the face. And I have a lot of coworkers who have been there over 20 years and to have like a, a one time $1.50 catch up raise, mm-hmm. I think is an insult. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of people want to fight for more. It varies whether people think it's uh, a total sellout <laughs> or right. if they think, yeah, you know, there are some good, I mean, there are some, some gains in it, but I think people want to fight. And when I've told them we should vote, no, you know, I set up a table outside my building the last few days. Hmm. People are, are excited about that idea, you know, because we, we're told we should just accept whatever we're given. We should just hmm. trust the union leadership, especially because they're kind of have this militant facade, but you know, I'm saying, no, we should, we should fight for more. And I think, I think people, you know, see, see why we should do that is there anything uh, uh are, are there any other provisions in the contract that that you and you know you're uh, uh the folks that that are involved uh at your hub in, in trying to get people to vote no is there anything other than the than the wage increase in particular or is it really the the 25 is kind of the animating thing um so also, I will say I have been involved with Teamsters Mobilize. I know you all have, like, had Jose on before. Um, so, yeah, I've been working with them to push this demand for 25. But definitely it's larger than just, just the wages um, and larger than just, you know, part-time issues. Uh, I think it was mentioned earlier, but there is this new, like, yet another two-tier or another tier system with this contract where the new part-timers are only going to reach 23 by the end of the contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we shouldn't accept that. You know, we, we shouldn't say, yeah, it's fine for our future uh, coworkers to be only, you know, getting 50 cents a year uh, raise. And um, I mean, in terms of other other issues like subcontracting and PVDs, we're on like the IBT materials of like a strike issue. Mm-hmm. But that's in this contract, right? Now it's just saying, oh, part timers get the opportunity to use our own cars to deliver packages. Um, and I think, uh, you know, this was mentioned earlier too, but, uh, only the, the RPCDs won't be forced for the sixth punch for overtime. Mm. Everyone, like part-time workers, inside workers, combo, air, other full-time workers, like we're still going to be forced, um, the sixth punch. So, you know, yeah, it's good for the drivers. I'm glad for them, but we should be fighting for, for all UPS workers, um, there's other things too, you know, like in terms of the, the issues with the drivers, it's good that there are some ACs added, but I think we shouldn't accept just like 29,000 or just the new trucks. Um, you know, we're in the position with these negotiations to demand a lot more. And they came to that agreement pretty quickly, these, mm. those non-economic demands, like, you know, a while ago. Um, Another, like just a few other big issues I see in this contract, it says UPS can shift to a seven day work week to compete with Amazon. And all they have to do is inform the Teamsters. Like we shouldn't Mm. accept that. You know, people, I mean, working people in this country fought for a weekend and now we're just giving that up. Um, And, you know, one other thing is outside my building a few months ago, I met some theater drivers out of Minneapolis. Uh, they're running this campaign called No Cola, No Contract, fighting for 
uh, cost of living adjustment for the pension because there isn't that right now. Right. So if you look at the, they have some graphs on their website. It's pretty crazy how much you lose every year with your pension benefits as inflation goes up. And that's, that's another thing. I mean, the union leaders decided, yeah, we're not going to fight for this. Um, and I've heard from other people who are kind of combing through the tentative agreement. Um, I mean, right now and in the last few days that there's a lot of other issues. Um, so I think, I mean, we, we shouldn't accept this. Hmm. Uh, we should absolutely fight for more. Yeah. And so I, I guess I'm, I'm interested in, you know, you, uh, you were pushing back at, as is totally your right. And, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm totally willing to accept, uh, you know, that, that that's where you're coming from, but, you know, do, do you see where there are, you know, folks that, you know, like Jane McAlevey, but, but not, not only her, the UPS Teamsters that, that are, you know, coming out and, and saying that, that, you know, this is, uh, that that we don't want to call it a, a sellout contract or anything because of the you know that it, that it, it's kind of disempowering it and and maybe you know doesn't recognize enough some of the work that's been done over the last year um, and, and even and even by the bargaining committee. I mean, for that, I would say we should. Uh, I mean, yes, there's the context and the history of the Teamsters leadership being totally openly corrupt <laughs> you know the mob and all that and uh you know forcing contracts on people um but i think we shouldn't just look at the past and how negotiations have gone in the past because in comparison to that you know you could call a lot of things a victory i think mm. we should be looking at what actually have ups workers been fighting for i mean you know for decades but also in the especially in the last sorry doorbell especially in the last uh, five years since the last contract and how much kind of leverage and power did we have and do we still have in these contract negotiations to fight for a lot and i think in that context in the context of we've had a lot of demands of ups workers and then you know in these negotiations the union leadership did an nda you know they kept us in the dark just like previous union leadership even though they said they wouldn't um they reached an agreement that, I mean, the CEO has said is a win-win-win. Like the, you know, President Biden said he's very happy with this agreement. We've worked, you know, the, the workers and the employer have worked out their differences. That should be very, very concerning to us. Um, you know, they're trying to tell us that basically like we're equals sitting at a table and mm. uh, it's, it's only fair, you know, like that UPS gets to make billions off our labor so long as they spend a little more on wages and benefits, mm. put a few more ACs in and then, or I mean, a few ACs in to start. And then that, you know, we should be happy. I mean, in my view, like the way I'm looking at this is, and I've seen this in the chat too, like there's no fair contract mm. between UPS and us as UPS workers. There's no, like that slogan, a fair day's pay for a fair day's work does not exist because the only way that UPS and every other corporation runs and makes profit is by exploiting us. I mean, we all know, like they pay us as little as they can to squeeze as much as they can out of us. Uh, I mean, and that's how like the whole system is set up. You know, we live in this capitalist society, the capitalists own all the companies and everything we need to produce the things we need to live. 
And so we're forced to work in horrible conditions and for low pay just to be able to survive. And, you know, in order to maintain this whole system, the status quo, like the government, I think, is just uh, basically a machine that serves those capitalists for them to keep Mm. their power. Like we saw that we all saw that last year when Biden and then the Democrats and the Republicans in Congress worked together hand in hand, including AOC, who's now coming out in New York and saying, you know, working class has to fight back. Like they all work together to crush the rail strike. So I think given this larger situation in these negotiations, like right now, what we're going to do, how we fight is going to affect our lives for the next five years, but also more broadly, you know, Mm. in the, the labor struggle. So we should fight as hard as we can uh, to force UPS to give us as much as possible. I think that includes striking. Mm. And I mean, the leadership, union leadership was talking a big game about going on strike. Uh, And then they didn't do it. And I mean, that's actually not that surprising because kind of this whole time, O'Brien and the rest of leadership have been saying like, if we strike, it's because UPS is striking themselves, Right. right? Like it's not something that workers ever want to do you know, it's only if we're back in the corner. And mm. I mean, we should take this situation into our hands. I think we, you know, we need to vote this down. I think we need to push for a strike too, because honestly, I think if we vote it down, which I hope we do, um, probably what the union leadership wants to do is just go back to negotiate. That's what they they did when the ABF workers voted down that uh, their local supplement. I don't know if you all followed that. Um, so, yeah, All I think right. for me, like, I, we need to see this, this larger context. And just, I know I've been talking for a bit, but just to say, like, a few more things. I think for everyone who's watching this fight, I mean, including, I mean, UPS workers obviously were in this, but for everyone else, like, you have to take a stand. Um, I think if, you, if, if you're saying that this is a good TA that we should accept, you are fighting with, with the company, with uh, – you know, I mean, the government, which was pushing to have no strike with the union leadership, which I think is selling us out. Um, so I think we have to take a stand. And just to say tomorrow, uh, Teamsters Mobilize is hosting a webinar um, about a no vote campaign, uh, why we think we should vote no, how we want to work with as many people as possible to vote this thing down and push for more. Um, you know, I know we're going to have we all have a lot of different ideas. And some disagreements even, you know, on is this actually a sellout or how do we view the union leadership? But I think for all of us who can agree that this is not enough, we, we have to come together. Um, we have to fight together. So if you go to TeamstersMobilize.com, we have a webinar at 3 p.m. Eastern in English and then 5 p.m. Eastern in Spanish. Um, so, yeah, that's, you all know, right. those are my thoughts. Thanks so much for having me. Yep, Aubrey from North Jersey. Appreciate the call, um, and and I did want to respond really quickly to just you know you know some of the sentiment in, in the chat. And there's you know one uh, one brother. I've been a I've been at UPS for 33 years. These part timers crack me up. If you don't like the pay, then go find another job that pays 21 an hour with a pension and full time benefits. Oh yeah, you won't find one. And you know, it's certainly true that UPS is. Um, industry leading in in a lot of ways but it's not because you know people just kind of took down took it and and said yeah this is the best that uh any you know 
corporation is willing to give me, so so that's all that I deserve, right? And and I, I do hope that even people that are willing to um you know that that are gonna be voting yes on the contract, I do hope that, you know, that there that there can be some some amount of mutual respect uh uh between folks because um and and it's also, you know, it's not even necessarily true that there's nowhere else. I saw an article yesterday um, that Uline in Wisconsin is filling 120 jobs starting at 29 an hour. Uh, there is a Smucker's factory that is opening soon in Gadsden, Alabama, that's starting uh, 23 an hour with health benefits from day one. Uh, obviously, they're not going to have a pension, but you know, you're starting to get kind of co- comparable compensation there. Uh, but let's bring on the next caller, uh, 714. Buenos dias, gentlemen. Buenos dias, Adam. Buenos dias, Jake. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how hard. It's pretty hard to, to go after, obviously, like trying to do a set after go, after James Brown just left the stage or uh, <laughs> Prince, you know. It, it's, it's pretty good. But one thing that you guys mentioned uh, was the pension. I don't know. Teddy's out in the east. Mm. I don't know where Paul Pest got that in the country, but I'm out here in the west. Mm. And th- I'm I'm sorry if I want to be a little bit uh, emotional, but out here in our west, our pension is good. Our pension is solid. We've mm-hmm. never risked uh, investing in in stocks with uh, with a, a high risk and a high reward, like other other areas did. Central States, New England Pension Fund. I don't know where they invested their money. But we all know those two pensions out there are failing. Failing, I think critical, I forget the terminology the, the government has, critical and failing or something like that. But ours out here in the West, it's strong. We're fully funded. We have enough in reserves to pay the current retirees and the future retirees that are coming in. So why is it that our pension has to be frozen. Mm. Why aren't we getting any new contributions in our pension? And this is not just in the West. There's some other areas in the country too where they're getting no new contribution inside into their pension. You know? Right. So that that is a problem. Once once the membership gets a hold of it out here in the West, oh, believe me, all these full timers, they do say stuff about the part timers because I've heard it. <laughs> I've heard it for so long. But one thing they do care about is their pension. Mm-hmm. And once that pen, once they, once all that, we see the supplements because they've been hiding those supplements out here in the West from us. A revolt's going to happen because you cannot freeze our pension. Why should we help other teamsters? Yes, we should. But should our should, should there be no new contributions for five straight years because mm-hmm. we accepted another five-year contract? And Jane Malcolmini, we were mentioning, I call her La Maestra. She advocates for she in that article that she just published in the Nation. She talks about she doesn't agree with the five-year contract, mm. right? So our pension has to be frozen for five years. Come on now, come on! And we're talking about TDU. Where's TDU at? If this was Hoffa, if this was Hoffa, they'll be out. They'll be up in their outward fighting for this. But because you wanted a seat at the table, you ain't a reformer no more. I apologize. There's some good people in TDU. Some great people. Mm. But guess what? You want to you, you want to have a seat in the table? Guess what? Sit there and take it now, because you you chose to do that because you wanted a seat at the table. 
you know? So they're, to me, you know, they've done some great work. They do some great educational stuff. But this decision for them to 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 uh, support O'Brien, well, they knew what kind of, they knew about O'Brien and tw- what he did in 2013, and they knew what O'Brien said about about them in uh, in uh, one of the New England states. I want to maybe say New Hampshire, but I could be wrong. You know, they they do know, but they chose to to have some sort of agreement with them, and they ran with them. Now we're talking about wages, right, for part timers for for new hires. So if you look at the 2018 contract, in 2013, the first year of that contract, a new hire got $13. The second year, they got $14. The third year, they got $14.50. The, uh, yeah, the third year, they got $14.50. The fourth year, they got 15 The last year of the contract, they got $15.50. Overall, they got $2.50. Let's compare this to our contract right now. A new hire will come in at 23 I mean, we'll come in at 21, excuse me, and then 21.50, and then 22, then 22.50, then 23. So for all this talk about Hoffa, and then Hoffa was a business unionist, no get me wrong, but he got 250 for a new hire. This contract only gives a new hire uh, $2. Mm. Now, a $21, could it go far in Alabama? Yes. But guess what's going to eat at it? Inflation. Right. And then we talk about, we talk about two tiers. We have a multi multi tier system now for a for a new package car driver. I have my notes right here. Uh, for a new package car driver, right? The first year they go in, they go at twenty three, and then twenty four, twenty five. The third year, thirty seventy five. The fourth year, and then top rate, top rate. I think we'll. I don't know what it'll be at, but they'll go at top rate for a twenty two three, a full time inside job. They go at twenty three, twenty four. 25 the uh, third year, 28 the uh, fourth year, and then third, they'll top off at top rate at 35.94. Isn't that a wage, a two-tier wage system right there? They're both full-timers, but one is getting a, 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 a bigger increase at the end of the fourth year than a 22.3. And then we still have a three-hour, a three-hour and a half daily guarantee for part-timers. My, me, and others throughout this country. When we had our contract proposals, proposed a four-hour guarantee. Probably, some probably put five because hmm. the operation could run at five. Right. And so some operations run at five hours. My operation kind of runs at like the five-hour mark. But we shouldn't be accepting these three-and-a-half-hour guarantees when the preload, there's a little bit more crunch because the drivers have to leave. They try to cram as much work. Well, they have to cram all that work to get that work out. They cram all that work. Well, it's three and a half hours. That's that's um, that's unacceptable in my in, in my eyes. And then you got Article 40 for the air workers. The preamble is still there. What well, says that super this the supplements were super. I think it says the supplements were supersede the the uh, the national master. Mm-hmm. I, I wish uh, my friend Matt Coverhati was here because he's the more of a uh, of an Article 40 uh, expert. But that didn't get touched. You know so. This twenty-one dollars, yeah, it go far, but inflation will eat at it. Hmm. You know, so uh, to me, I'm voting no. I'm recommending a no vote. And we and uh, Audrey talked about the teams to mobilize. We are going to have a seminar, uh, webinar, excuse me, tomorrow. You know, so I hope everybody could could uh, join. If you're on uh, Instagram, it'll just be uh, just Teamster Mobilize. But we have a Twitter. It says Teamsters. 
And then mobilize is spelled M-O-B-I-L-Z. You know, so. And then another another five-year contract. A five-year contract is going to lock us in for $30, 30 billion, which mm. is cool. You know what it locks us It does, too? Locks us out of new money that UPS is going to get. Because if we're... If, at the end of in January of 2024, we the the annual uh, report right for UPS comes out, and we find out they made 12 billion in profit revenue, probably another 100 billion or you know 90 billion in, in profit in uh, profit revenue. And then next year at this time, when the second uh, second quarter earnings come out, and they they made around three to four billion. We've lost big money. We left big money on the table. We've lost big money on the table. And then we talk about the ACs in the car. We have a brother out there in Arizona basically have a heat stroke, I Mm. think it was, when he was walking. Everybody's seen him. The ring camera catches him. He's walking to deliver a package. You're going to think UPS saw that and be like, we got to do damage control. And when the Teamsters went in there and said, we want AC, you guys got it. You, whatever you guys want, you guys got it. Because why? That image spoke a thousand words. Mm, right. That image alone. But guess what? The, these these hubs where all the part-timers and the inside workers work, you walk in there, it's like walking in the sauna. Within five minutes, you're, you, you feel that heat just bear hug you. Mm. You know, and if, yeah. if if you don't know how to work properly, because you're trying to impress the boss, if you're a new hire and you're and you're thinking you're Superman, you're loading your first your first hour, you're loading, you're like three walls in, like yes, I got it. The second hour, the third hour, that's when the problems happen because you're 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 working yourself to 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 exhaustion. You know, yeah. we still have no proper ventilation just because you move a a, a, a trailer a couple inches off the dock door to get some air in. That's proper ventilation. <laughs> mm. I mean, we need we need some fans or we need something out here in these yeah. hubs, you know. So yeah. I, that's 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 my argument why we should vote no. Appreciate and your call, Jose. For, <laughs> oh, do what? No problem. Thank you. No, I was going to say that even to, I don't know what top rate for drivers is going to be. It'll probably be around forty nine, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's what it said. It's forty nine. Yeah. So we know how inflation is. That's mm. going to eat that. That's giving a, 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 that's no real purchasing power. All these drivers, they have, you know what? They've worked hard. They earned what they've got. Yeah. But guess what? It, it, what you could do ten years ago, you you probably won't be able to do it now. Because why? Inflation is going to eat at it and eat at it. And then if they they jack up another interest rate hike on us again. <laughs> It's not going to be good. To me, it's, it's a no vote. It has to be a no vote. And for all these drivers, they all go find a job somewhere else. No, we don't, we're not going to find a job somewhere else. This is, our, this is our career. This is our home. And we're going to fight as hell to make it a livable house for everybody inside. So if, if, you, enjoy, if you enjoy talking that smack about part-timers, hey, buddy, why don't you go into management? You're already a bootlicker for management anyways. Appreciate the call, Jose. As always, thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for this space. Gracias. Absolutely. I like Jose. Jose got some passion to him. He does. (laughs) He's been, Jose is actually probably one of the, Jose and Will are one of the Teamsters, are are two UPS Teamsters that have been on, uh, that have been viewers of the show for 
probably the last year. They, they've they've been around for a while, and we we really appreciate them. Shout outs to Jose. Shout outs to Jose. That's right. Um, let's bring on a, another caller. Uh, let's bring on nine four one. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, 941, I can hear you. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, uh, my name is Corey, and I'm from Local 79. Uh, that's out of Tampa, um, specifically Sarasota County. Cora? Uh, Corey and I've been from, working at UPA. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Corey from uh, Tampa. Appreciate your call. Uh, wh- what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, i got to top the first two callers were, were awesome. Um, I'm a full-time uh driver uh, i've been a ups for 10 and a half years um and i think uh, one of the most difficult things is that every hub has different managers every hub has different weather every hubs have different economies um so you know everybody's gonna have um you know where their complaints are mm. um as far as pay or harassment um or you know whatever you value more on the contract um, and I won't focus too much on part-time because we've already had two part-time callers coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've pretty much nailed a lot of the issues. Um, I will only mention one thing on the part-timers because that was like kind of the whole reason why we were kind of threatening to strike was to stand up for them. Because I had to do six years of part-time before they even let me go full-time. And then I had four-year progression. So I didn't hit top rate until like last year. Mm. So it took me 10 years. Right. And to say, I, I don't have any type of like i i I don't want to like downplay it or anything like a ptsd from preload because it was rough um it is it is not a fun time and especially when i got in at nine dollars an hour they would start us at 5 20 a.m say you got to unload 251 foot semis by yourself then do e-regs and then you're out with maybe like what 27 (laughs) dollars and i was like holy cow i like i had to drive 40 minutes to work that's covering my gas Mm. so the first couple of years I was like, do I even want to stay here? And, you know, one of the only reasons why I kind of first got hired was my uncle was a driver and always bragged about his paycheck. And I was like, well, I can do, you know, other jobs to see what I'm good at. And then if they eventually let me drive, I can always proceed forward. But what about the people who don't want to drive? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think the, the more full-time um, positions for warehouse workers is absolutely um, crucial because, you know, maybe they don't want to work some, you know, crappy second job because you're not getting OT when you're working two jobs either. You can, I was doing 40 hours at target and 20 hours preload. I'm working 60 hours a week with no OT. So it gets kind of tiring, you know, year after year after year of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I would, it, it gets really tiring. So I, I understand like full, you know, even when I get back to the building, I'll help unload my truck. Um, if I see, you know, the local sort person kind of, you know, overwhelmed because uh, our building is quite understaffed for local sort. So they're always kind of asking drivers to help out at night. Um, so I was like, I, I never forget where I come from. So I'll help unload my truck and, you know, do what I can to help. Um, as far as one of my main things that I like about the contract, there's a lot of disappointments as well. I'm pretty neutral as far as voting. Um, is how ragged the 224 drivers have been ran. Like, I mean, they work those guys to the bone and they don't have a choice. And so that's why we were saying that that 9-5 language and eight hour requests, it, you know what I mean? That 224 was like the worst thing 
in history to put, you know, uh, uh, you know, at UPS in general. I, that's why we all kind of voted no in 2018, but then they still pushed it through because we, I had some drivers who were retiring and they're like, you guys are going to regret that decision for the rest of your life, but we got rid of it. So I thought that was a huge win because, you know, when you're coming at 20 bucks an hour and they're asking a lot of these old timers, like, you know, take Friday off, whatever. We're just going to work this 20 hour, you know, person makes half and give them all the work, mm-hmm. you know, because the old timers like, yeah, I'll work only a couple days a week. You know, I've already made my money, right. you know, so I don't like the treatment that they get. And I also want to clarify for them, if you are current 22-4, when you... Um, like when you go to your new progression rate, let's say, you know, you're at the the three years, which was what, 3075 for that mm-hmm. final year before you hit top rate, you will get that 275 general wage increase. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was mainly what, uh, Jose, um, stepped on is as those new, the new hires for part-time and new hires for full-time, they do get those lower wages, um, especially for the 21 to 23 for part-timers. I, Everybody thought maybe the language would have been everybody got bumped up to 21 and then we got the 750 on top of that. But no, they're like, oh, we're going to put the general wage increase first and then move people up to the 21 unless the 275 pushes you over 21. Um, so I think that was like the main language that was just very kind of irritating, which mm. if that would have switched, I bet you a lot of people, I mean, besides the pension issues. Right. Um, but I mean, is there, and I think you guys also, Uh, brought up um, I think Jose already mentioned it but like the raises that we got in the last contract so there's like weird scenarios that happen which is always confusing with pay is when I started driving was like May 4th of 2018 so that was before that contract went through Hmm. so they had that waiting period where we didn't have the contract done for four or five months and then I was at 1875 for the beginning of my progression in 2018 and so when they bumped it to 21, I ended up getting like a $3,500 retro check mm. because they owed me all the money up till 21 starting in August 1st because it took them so long to get the contract done. Right. So I got the back pay for that. But then because I was on the previous contract, every August I was also getting their raises. But since my progression was May, I was getting my progression raise, which would go to a set amount. And then I was getting random August raises on top, but they did not stack. So my big thing is whether or not those current 224 drivers that go to RPCDs, whether or not those will work the way it did with me, where they do get the August raises, but they don't stack with the progression. Hmm. So um, I do like that they're getting the 275, but I want to know whether or not that stacks so that they can get that full 750. Like if they just started driving now, you know, they'll go from the 23 to 25, 75, but I want to know if they're getting the 70, 70 you know, dollar before they hit mm-hmm. top rate. Cause that's, you know, well, that's another two fifty right there. So yeah, that, for, that's like, yeah, I kind of just want to stand up for those two, two, four drivers. Appreciate it. Uh, Corey from Tampa. Thanks for the call. Yep. Thanks. Uh, let's bring on another one. Uh, seven, three, one, Adam, let's bring seven, three, one on the air. And, Hello. uh, 731, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, I uh, appreciate you having me on. This is uh, Jeff Moore, the Teamster teacher from TikTok, and uh, I am from Jackson, Tennessee. It's just West Tennessee. 
Jeff, thanks for calling in. Um, so, what are uh, wh- what are your thoughts um, on the contract and and uh, anything else that um, you know that you think is important to talk about uh, during uh, as people are kind of mulling over the TA? Yeah. So, one of the main things I feel like just to preface before, because I actually have a few contract language things I did want to bring up on the on the show, but hmm. I think it's important to just before I get into that, I just want to just champion the whole idea of voting to everybody Mm. and for anyone that's listening like if you're a yes voter if you're a no voter like you are still a brother so like i just i see a lot of attacking and um and whatnot online and like first thing is like we got to remember we're all on the same team you can be a yes voter and a no voter and still be pro-union all the way in my personal Mm. opinion um so like before I dive in, I just want to say that, like, you know, language is kind of where I come from on my stance um, and education. So, like, mm. I, I won't even mention I'm voting yes or no because I think that's irrelevant. But I think the details of the language are uh, are almost, if not as important as the money, um, because mm. as we've seen in the past with this company, um, when it comes to a language battle – they tend to find the loopholes and win a lot of arguments over uh, over the the union members just because they're so good at um, working through the language and finding loopholes. You know, their lawyer staff is probably absolutely insane um, with how many and what they're paid to do to go in there and figure out those loopholes. Um, but you know, for me, for me personally, like just an example of that that language barrier and. Uh, I actually really appreciate what the negotiating team did. I do believe that they went in there and, and attacked this thing, and they went in there and they got a very great contract. But there are a couple things that I am concerned about. If you don't, if you don't mind me sharing a, yeah, a couple, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the things I have an issue with is the scheduling for the Tuesday through Saturday work. So in in the current contract, mm-hmm. we are. Um, we they're only allowed to have like 25% of the routes in on on a Saturday, and so right now under the new agreement, according to what I'm seeing, there's no limit to the number of Tuesday through Saturday routes they can have, <clears throat> and all of the um, regular package car drivers from this current contract, which would include myself, can be forced into a Tuesday through Saturday schedule if it's not um, if it's not uh, if they can't fill it with what they have already. Um, so that's like something I feel like language-wise, in my personal opinion, I, it's it's blurry and can be interpreted a couple different ways. But for me, it's looking like uh, it's looking like that is not good for the membership as well as um, just a small language thing for me. Uh, the elimination of the four-six punch was a very big strike issue, um, but in the language it mentions regular package car drivers it doesn't say anything about combo drivers air drivers part-time so i just wonder how that's going to play out and if that's something that that has been noticed by anyone else Mm. yeah yeah that that sounds that that sounds like uh that that's going to be an important issue and i'd you know being able to enforce enforce the language that you do have is so important that's something that uh that I've seen stressed on on the Roswell Hub and the biweekly grievance, uh, you know them talking about we can have any la- you know any language at all in the contract, but uh, if we don't force it 
in our locals, uh, if we don't enforce it, then they're going to abuse it and ignore it and, uh, uh, and, and all that kind of stuff. So. Absolutely. And they're very, they're very, very good at, you know, um, I'm sure at the table, they're even figuring out how to work the language in their favor, right. For both sides. Mm. And, um, I, I, you know, I just said, here's a, here's another one I'm bringing up that I'm not so sure if everyone has read into maybe, uh, maybe I'm looking into this wrong, but when it comes to the upgraded version of the ride alongs where the mm. management are able to do ride alongs, um, they're, they have to give us now a 24 hour notice, which is great. Uh, let us know, Hey, so tomorrow we're going to ride with you for X reason. Uh, the problem is, is that I'm not seeing where the language has been updated to give them a certain amount of ride-alongs uh, per year, which right now, you know, we have a limit on how many times. So as some, like one of my most popular TikToks was uh, on our lunch break, I was on like my fifth ride-along of the year, mm. and I made a TikTok about it. And after that TikTok, I filed a, a grievance against the company saying that, hey, here's the spot where it says you can only do two and no one else can get back on the truck with you until this grievance has been heard. So I haven't had any problems since. And I worry if like this new language, I don't see anything like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think I, that's that, that's interesting. I, I hadn't heard anybody talking about that. I, I really appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just some of the things I've been digging through, you know, and, you know, ultimately, here's and here's the, you know, if I could close with anything, and uh, I'm not trying to lean, lean one way or the other. If anything, I just want to reach out to as many people as I can, educate them on what's in here, what's not in there. Um, I would like to, I think, our Department of um, Secretary of Labor, Julie Sue, when asked about this, said it best, you know, the people, and I want to put emphasis on the people, will decide what's best. So like, um, I don't care how you vote, uh, but get your ballot and send it in and, but also do a little bit of homework beforehand. You know, this is like, this is a true, if anything, this is as true as democracy gets right here, right? We don't have to worry about an electoral college uh, superseding Mm. uh, voting process. Like you uh, as a member, and this is why I champion unions can do your own homework. You, this is directly applies to you, um, and uh, do your homework. Cast your vote. You know, just know what just know what you're voting for. Can you tell us uh, what is what is actually? Do you know the 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 procedure for voting? What that's going to look like this year? I've I've heard I have heard about electronic ballots. However, in the past, I, I know that there is a mail-in ballot, and the mail the ballots are coded. Um, I'm told that it's incredibly difficult to falsify. I know that I have read through the recent reports on the voting, and, and they do post those by detailed percentage by local. You can even go in and see uh, which what the percentage of the membership that showed up versus the, and then the mm. percentage of the membership that voted yes and then no by local. Um, so, like you'll as far as I know for sure, you'll definitely get a mail-in ballot. It'll be coded. You got to send it back in, and then I believe they're saying August 22nd. If I've heard that right, will be the um, <clears throat> the uh, deadline for that. Jeff from Tennessee, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Yep. Uh, and everybody on the line uh, just wanted to, you know, 
let you know that uh, we see y'all. We're trying to get to everybody. Uh, the queue has been, and I think a lot of y'all have been calling in. Um, geez, is this number the number of people that has tried to call in 226 and it's told them they're busy? Is that the number? It, I don't know. But a lot of people have tried to call in and the line has been busy. That's because uh, our line only takes five callers at a time. So, uh, but we, and, and we are going to have to wrap at 1230 or thereabouts. So we really appreciate your patience. Appreciate those of you that are hanging on the line to talk to us. And, um, and let's go ahead and bring on the next caller. Uh, 818. 818 area code. uh, Uh, What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yes, this is, uh, Lenny Powers from... Southern California. How y'all doing? I'm good, Lenny. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, kind of taking in all of uh, what's happening within labor. I mean, you know, we're at a big moment right now. I mean, we have, um, you know, just along with the rider strike, you know, and, and the, uh, the SAG after strike, you know, and then, you know, this, you know, tentative agreement with, uh, with uh, the Teamsters, I, I, you know, I find myself, um, you know, kind of taking in what's, you know, what's going on and, and the, you know, the, the historic nature of it all. And it's, it's uh, quite exciting, but, you know, I, I really do want to, you know, address the, you know, the concerns around, um, you know, the, um, the press release, if you will, of, you know, calling, um, you know, this, this tentative agreement a historic, uh, win. I mean, um, and and yes, it it is a historic win. But there's also two truths could be you know could, you know could exist at the same moment, where this is a historic win. But at the same time, I mean, wages have not grown for the past 40 years. You know, on average, you know, if we're looking right. at you know wage 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 stagnation. So, um, you know, I do feel you know I understand the frustration, especially from these part timers when when you're looking at you know something being released and it's, you know, it's stating, you know, this, these are historic wins and, you know, and it's, you know, it's not, you know, um, you know, all hype. I mean, it's, it's true, but, but then again, I mean, we are living in a time where wages haven't kept up with, with the cost of living in, you know, in, well, in my lifetime, at least. So the, what I want to bring to that is the fact that we, we have to understand that sometimes, when we are in a fight, because these are fights, you know, and lives are going to be, you know, greatly impacted when we look at, you know, possibility of strikes. We have to look at the socioeconomic positioning of certain individuals versus, you know, of others. So if we're looking at a person that's on the higher end of, you know, of, of your, of the wages within a contract and what, you know, they have to win versus what, you know, an entry-level position person would win within this contract, you know, that that's huge. And, and mm-hmm. we have to take in, you know, have to take that all into consideration when we, when we are, you know, demanding strikes. But at the same time, I mean, if you look at, you know, industries, you know, across the board, you know, capital right now is, is, is hurting, but yet, they've grown so large through monopolization and mergers and just being so large that my only fear is that what's happening with the WGA 
and you know sag after and at this point you know is is the possibility of ups to just wait this thing out because they have you know a big enough you know purse that they you know can do that would they would would it be appealing to workers that you know work temp jobs to take these scab positions and in my estimation i could see that you know that might be more suffering than what we could you know that we more than we can anticipate when we do call for these strikes and yes i believe that labor is in a good position at the moment but it's not in a position where it could overall weather the you know the pressures of capital that's going to be put on these workers that are going to be on those picking lines hmm. and and i just want like and and it's and it's not to say that that we can't grow even larger i think that we can utilize this moment to springboard into larger labor labor growth and more participation within 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 organized labor participation and or and in turn start organizing other companies such as the amazon drivers so that when contracts come around in the future again that we could in a larger number hold capital's feet to the fire and put mm -hmm. that pressure on them in, in, in a in, in a larger way i i just believe that especially when you're when you're involved in online act activism and and online in online community when you get because we have to we we also have to understand that we we may get caught up in our own silos and our own echo chambers and almost you know feeling as if the moment is larger than what the what the greater number of the populace will would would see it as so in that sense it it has to be looked upon as a, in in a strategic matter like do we have the leverage and in the positioning within the moment to make the biggest biggest impact that we can or should we should we take what is offered and then recoup and gather and build our forces even larger so that we could make a greater impact within the future and i understand i mean you know if we look at if we look at you know what can be done with what we have i mean i just feel as if we're in a transition period where yes the labor active labor activity labor participation and labor in itself is been pushed in the forefront and in the and in the and in the limelight to and 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 spotlighted within within society more but at the same time is it big enough to weather the powers and the purses of capital and that's mm. you know kind of my question that i really you know would love to like get a sense of where you all stand on that and i'll take my uh i'll take the answer off off the call thanks guys yeah thanks lenny thanks for the call appreciate it um and that's the that's the right question to be asking the question absolutely is not um the question is not are we being paid more than amazon workers the question is not um you know what is it uh uh am i being greedy right those are those are just silly silly questions to ask uh the question is do we have enough power to take this uh to take more from the company and uh 
and I, you know, I, I personally, I would lean, lean towards yes. I would lean towards, you know, that potentially there's more on the table. And I, and I think that th- there are a lot of people that, uh, you know, even that are, are going to be voting yes, that, that would agree with me that there, there would be more on the table. Potentially the only question would be, um, is it, is the membership unified enough to, uh, to demand more at this time because the only way that you know the the saying there is more on the table is not the same as are the teamsters ups teamsters like unified enough to take it right and and that's what you that that's what ha- would have to be done is is to take it um and and i would certainly hope so that that even and and i i i would think so that even even the people that vote yes if the majority comes back with a no vote um i do i would have faith in my sisters and brothers and the teamsters that that they would support uh what the majority says um so that's kind of those are kind of my thoughts adam i don't know if you have anything else to add to that uh not really to be honest with you i've been i've been trying to engage with the chat a little bit and um i i think you're on to it honestly um yeah, and well, I mean, I, I just want to say, you know, a, a couple. I guess what I would say is, uh, you're right about it takes a power analysis, and um, you know, I am not in a position to be able to determine whether or not the Teamsters can pull off a strike mm-hmm. uh, should they vote down this contract. Uh, nor will I say, as a non-UPSer, whether someone should vote yes or no. As I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, you could call that being wishy-washy or call it whatever you want to call it. Um, it's just, you know, if someone were telling me how to vote on my contract and they were mm-hmm. not working alongside me and they were not governed right. by said contract, right. I would take their opinion with a giant grain of salt. Exactly. So, um, you know, I think for me what's important is that uh, these workers, these brothers and sisters are having this dialogue and I hope that they can, you know, win this struggle, whatever that win looks like. Mm-hmm. And for some people, this co- this TA is what that win looks like. And for some people, it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that is what it is. And that's the beautiful thing about our movement is we as workers have to push and pull and organize and have these conversations with each other. And so, um, yeah, I'll just finish by saying, you know, it's not my position as uh, an IOTSE member or uh, as a part of the Valley Labor Report to say yes or no. Right. Uh, I'm just not going to do that. I don't think that's really my place, but I'm glad that as a labor radio program, we've provided some space for folks, um, you know, to have those conversations. Um, you know, can you make recommendations? Yes, I think you can make recommendations. I have my thoughts about it. Uh, I think uh, a strike is the most powerful weapon that we have as working people. And so if you are able to pull off a strike uh, in these sort of conditions and extract more concessions, then by all means, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what what we can and should do when, when, when it's possible. Uh, but again, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm not seasoned enough in side that movement to know particularly whether or not that team that, you know, this is the fight that's going to lead to a strike and mm-hmm. a successful strike and all that. I, I can't say that. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, you know, so again, I just uh, I'm glad that uh, folks are, are having the debate and I'm glad that folks, you know, are, are seeing the Valley Labor Report as a as a uh, platform 
Um, I yeah. think we try to be fair um, with folks. You know, we've got vote no folks and vote yes folks, and um, and we really yeah. And I, if and you're I, a worker and you work yeah. for a living and you're working for somebody else, uh, you're my brother and you're my sister, and uh, it doesn't you know. However, this thing shakes out. Uh, there will still be a lot of organizing to do and a lot of work to do. So, yeah. We're going to try to move through the last calls a little bit more quickly. But before we get to another call, uh, you know, Sci-Fi, I wonder, uh, you told us during the break that you were a FedEx driver. I was. And so I'm interested in, in you know, your thoughts hearing from Teddy and hearing from the callers and seeing the chat uh, as somebody who has, you know, you don't work at, at UPS, you don't work at FedEx anymore, but... Um, yeah, I'm interested in what you're thinking. Um, well, it's a relief hearing the, the things that are being brought up in this field because there are things that I personally went through, and mm. I'm like, oh man, this is like saving grace. I can only imagine all of my friends that still work at FedEx hearing about this, and they're probably going to be like, well, hey, if UPS can get this, why can't we? Mm. Which is great. Um, AC in the in the package trucks. People don't understand how big that is. Mm. Just especially here in Alabama, right where it's humid. It's 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 like the swamps of Vietnam. It's just mm. insane. Getting just proper airflow into the truck. Things that you you hear these things, you're like, ah, okay, that's 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 nothing. No, that mm. that makes or breaks your day. My truck personally, I had a, uh, I had a little vent system that faced uh, that was on the uh, driver's side of the truck. So when I drove, air would come in through that vent and kind of cool off my legs mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. The only problem with that was, is that it was welded open. So in the winter time, I'm getting cold air blasted on <laughs> my legs all the time. Right. So if you could get some kind of temperature control, a better pay, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy. I think uh, the caller who I believe was from South uh, South California, what he was saying is how he was saying whether you vote yes or no, it's important to realize that you're all. It's pretty much for you guys. It's mm. you're all in this together. I hate to quote High School Musical like that, but you really are. <laughs> you are all yeah. in this together, and you guys are. It's all for the betterment of you. You know, uh, what can you get? If you can get more, you know, try right. not to leave anything on the table. Yeah. And even even the um, the back and forth, people were saying how some people have been there for, they've heard of people being there for 33 years talking about, oh, uh, part-timers want this, part-timers want that. Just because it's better now than mm. when it was mm. doesn't mean you should diminish somebody trying to make things better, you know? Because right now, right. somebody could... Right now, you're like, oh, it's amazing. It wasn't like this back in 85. Right. But guess what? Now it's 2023. Yeah. And, and, and UPS is making more money. Yeah. And, <laughs> and people are going to be like, wow, at least it's not like how it was in 2023. So right. it's important to just realize that nobody's really trying to be greedy here. One thing I've learned about a lot of jobs, especially physical labor jobs, a majority of the people are never trying to be greedy. They're mm. just trying to... Get with their old and feel and feel appreciated, mm. and that's a big yeah. thing. Uh, especially, um, 
The workers are not trying to be greedy, but the people at the top who are making, let's remember, the UPS CEO makes as much as a full-time package car driver does in a year, which is, you know, these are the people that, that folks outside of UPS, they really, oh man, you no degree and you're making $42 an hour? Wow. You know, you got it so good, you should just accept concessions. That's kind of, I mean, that's literally some of the yeah. stuff that you'll hear from people outside of UPS, but... um uh, there, you never, ever, ever hear that about Carol Tomei making as much <laughs> in a day as these people make in a year. Over 300 something times what the average employee makes. And that is really the thing to, to, you know, if we want to talk about greed and we want to talk about people yeah. getting more than they deserve, like Carol Tomei. Uh, you know, Jeff Bezos, Elon yeah. Musk. These are the people uh, absolutely not the people who are busting their ass uh, getting our packages to us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, OK, so like I said, uh, we have 20, 30 minutes left and then we're going to have to dip. We've got uh, and, and let's try to get through as many calls as we can. So people that are on the line, if you would. Um, and, and, you know, still feel free to call in if, if you haven't uh, haven't been able to make it in. And we'll just keep taking calls uh, until until we end. But uh, if you're on the line, you know, be ready to talk to us about, you know, one or two things that you want to say about the TA and then any comments you have about the conversations that have been happening on the show. Um, and then we'll let you go. So with that, let's bring on uh, 609. 609 area code. You've been hanging on for... 30 minutes. We appreciate your patience. Uh, 609 area code. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, name is Mike Sorry from Local 177 in New Jersey. Mike from Local 177. Second caller from 177. Um, yeah, so yeah. What, what are your thoughts? The 177. The 177. Uh, on it. The 177. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. So, as a steward, understand that the we have the saying goes, the language is the language is the language. So it's mm. important that everybody actually reads the agreement, your mm. supplement, and the master agreement before coming to any conclusion. Me personally, our supplement was released yesterday. So I've been reading both the national and the supplement. It's also important to understand that we did not vote to go on strike. We voted to authorize Sean and the team to strike us if a fair contract wasn't reached, not mm. the best historic contract, if a fair, that's what it said on the paper that they all voted on and signed. Didn't say historic, that's mm. fair, right? So they believe it's a fair contract. That's why they gave it to us to vote on it. Mm. So the question right, on the vote is, yes or no, is it worth striking and losing pay and your benefits, your medical benefits, because we work, we have to work to get our benefits, right? For an indeterminate amount of time. Because once you strike, you don't know how long that strike is going to last. You can't, oh, you could easily say, oh, it's only going to be a couple of days, guys. Don't worry about it. No one can say that. It could go weeks, months. Then the company's losing business, which guess what? That means they don't need as many of us to come back. So as far as the part-timers go, that should scare the you-know-what out of them. Because how it works, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. I'm relatively new to your chat here, to your, your podcast. But if the full-timers like myself get laid off, right? We can bump the part-timers and do their job and kick them off the workforce, basically. So you're going to strike mm. for a couple extra dollars, and then you're not going to have a job, possibly. So how does that make sense? 
I would say I, I these are you're absolutely right that these are things to consider and it is important it's absolutely important to count the costs um and and you know like we were talking about earlier do that power analysis can you win and and you know you're right you don't know how long it's going to last i don't think that it, it, this this is certainly not a comparable industry, not, you know, at all. Uh, but, you know, we have seen in Alabama there was a coal miner strike that went on for two years. And, and, and you know, I mean, frankly, they lost. They lost. They went back without a contract after two right. years. So, you know, um, uh, sometimes, you know, wh- when we fight, we win is, is a very popular slogan. And it is true but it's not when we fight, we always win, right? And and that is well, definitely it, it's important to it, that's important to to understand and, and to take into account. But I will say that you know the most recent strike was 1997, and I believe it was uh, I can't remember exactly, but it was pretty quickly that that they were back to where they were before the yeah, strike. I think within six weeks. months, 15, 15 days. Yeah, it was, it was only two weeks. Yeah. No, no. The, uh, what I'm saying is the strike. Yes, the strike was was 15 days. But you know, you mentioned about potentially if there's a strike, UPS is going to lose business, and then they're going to have less jobs potentially. And and you know, just to speak to that, in '97 they did lose some business, but they got it all back and then some within six months, I think. Right. So you have to. So I guess the, for the people that are going to vote on this, have to. I guess you can think about that, but we don't, again, factually speaking, we don't know that's going to be the same. Exactly. So you, especially as a part-timer, are going to risk your job to go on strike. As a full-timer, I have no risk. I just have the inconvenience of doing a different job at the same pay rate. I do, I do, I'm going to do your job at my pay rate as a, as a full-timer mm-hmm. bumping a part-timer. So it's, and also, listen, if the vote comes back, no, which it's not going to, I've been very clear about that, right? If it is, I'll be the first one there to show up. I'm a strike captain. I'll be mm-hmm. there supporting supporting the will of the people. Unlike mm-hmm. what happened last time when the two-thirds pushed the contract through. On the voting, you asked about the previous caller. So what happens is, guys, is uh, the Teamsters will send a something in the mail to you with a access code or a PIN number, whatever you want to call it, and then you will follow the instruction, go on to the website, type in your PIN number and information, and you'll vote online. That's how the contract is voted on. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. And somebody in, in the chat mentioned, and, and I did say this, it's totally different industry, different circumstances, but he, he said regarding the coal miner strike, a uh, difference between a strike at a dying industry and a strike at a place that caters 6% of the GDP. And yeah, I mean, exactly. There, you know, obviously we can't say, you know, we can't say exactly what's going to happen, but you could almost guarantee that a strike at UPS would not be two years. But, you know, uh, you know, it, it's... Uh, yeah, no, uh, I don't I don't think it would be that long. I, abs- I absolutely don't. I'm not in that, that camp, but... You don't know what you don't know what you don't know one, you know, and some of the stuff that you have now in this contract, you're not guaranteed to get in the next tentative agreement. Right. That's all. It's all off the table then. Right. Right. It's not like, oh, we keep this. And, you know, so you don't know what you're going to lose in that case. So I'm just saying, you know, for me personally, I'm not telling anybody how to vote. My opinion is just that it's going to pass because of all the good stuff that's in it. Is it perfect? Mm. No. Is it historic? I tell you, I've been very clear about it. The only thing that's going to be historic is the yes vote, the percentage that comes back. Mm. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Thanks, boys. Appreciate your fairness. Yep. Uh, let's get the next one in. 202 area code. Uh, we'll bring in the next caller from a 202 area code. Uh, 202. What's your name? Hey there, Where are you Adam, calling from? Adam. 
Adam Jacob. This is Captain Green. I'm calling you from an undisclosed location overseas. Can you hear me okay? Captain Green, uh, calling from an undisclosed location. I can hear you. Great. I'm a former UPS captain of 20 years and also a 22-year veteran in the United States Air Force. And uh, I have firsthand experience of being ruthlessly targeted by UPS having coerced employees that had substance abuse problems to lie about me and make up false stories because I was targeted for my uh, commitment to enforcing safety and security of the airline and the flying public. Mm. And I'm with Richard, I'm with Richard Hooker at a local 623. I've been following Richard's work. He seems like a very dynamic man. And he said that it's much bigger than about economics. It's, it, mm. he said that the contract is more about uh, sustaining solid contract language that'll protect UPSers and the Teamsters um, from any 18 U.S. Code crimes that UPS is committing on a regular basis, which mm. would include violence, retaliation, deceit, dishonesty. And they're doing this with impunity. And Sean O'Brien and both UPS and both Bob Travis of the IPA, who alleges solidarity with the Teamsters, they know that the, this NETA language is garbage without these mandatory protections. The caller from California made a good point in that, you know, well, we, we need the job protections. How can we be assured that we might not lose our jobs, just like the last caller said? We can't be assured that these things won't happen because we don't have regulatory agencies that are actually protecting the American worker. You know, in my case, uh, I filed a whistleblower complaint to the U.S. Department of Labor. Uh, Paul McDevitt, who is the inspector who also inspected Carleen Pettit's case at Delta Airlines, he he blatantly falsified false facts. He didn't conduct a single element of the required eight elements in an IG investigation. And then he sent it to the FAA, and the FAA questioned why they hadn't received any evidence. And then he gave some lame excuse that we had a temp secretary, and they rubber-stamped it. Mm. So I never got honest adjudication, and I, now I'm forced overseas. I've got about 5,000 hours now in a Boeing 777 working for a company overseas, forced out of my own country. But the point is, is this, this coercion of employees, troubled employees that are in trouble with the company, Jimmy Lamb case, Joe Tesney. Let's have a closer dig at what really happened in those cases in San Francisco and Birmingham, Alabama. I actually talked to the pastor of Joe Tesney, and he told me that Joe was a fine man. He loved his job. He loved his family. He loved his faith. But he said UPS was stalking him and literally walking on the heels of his shoes, intimidating him and threatening him, mm. which eventually he, he snapped. And this is what happened in the Lamb case, too. Lamb went into the San Francisco Gateway. He specifically targeted people that had been coerced and lied about him because this was the only way for him, in his mind, to address his grievances. And that's absolutely unacceptable behavior. But this is the corporate culture that UPS is practicing on a daily basis with impunity, and the American worker can never get their case in front of an honest court of law or at a level of the Department of Labor. And the reason that is, is because, for instance, Julie Sue right now, I believe Julie Sue is going to be an excellent uh, potential secretary of labor, unlike, you know, um, unlike uh, Eugene Scalala, who was the son of former Supreme Court Justice Scalala. Right. You know, we can't get honest adjudication because they put their cronies in there that are against labor 
But now we have Julie Sue, who's trying to get confirmed that the dark money donors to include companies like UPS don't want her confirmed because that way they can continue these acts of horrific workplace violence with impunity. So what I'm trying to emphasize here is that the Teamsters need to take, take a close look at the TA language. Tony Coleman, who is an attorney, formerly an attorney for Frost, Brown, and Todd, now at Dinsmore and Scholl, he is the master of disaster that has been targeting UPSers for years, and he's the guy that fabricated and manufactured the false case against me for having a, being a perfect UPS employee over 20 years of service, perfect training record, perfect flight record, enforced mm. safety, enforced security. I was just unhappy with the fact that we had a yellow union that was exclusively company controlled that didn't enforce the contract. So, you know, the Teamsters need to take a close look at this TA. They need to take a close look at the language in the TA. And if, in fact, they're going to do exactly what Richard Hooker said and to, you know, make sure that uh, Teamsters are no longer bullied, harassed, lied about, troubled employees are coerced to lie about others and to get some protections in the contract language where grievances are actually heard rather than mm. whimsically dismissed. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Jacob? I think, yeah, no, I, I think that's all. I, it would be pretty difficult to argue against somebody saying that they need to read the contract that they're going to be voting on. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, sometimes UPS and guys like Tony Coleman and some of our union leaders um, especially, I, I can speak firsthand of the IPA. The IPA is one of the most corrupt unions. We've got more dead bodies at UPS. I just had a two-hour conversation this afternoon trying to help another brother that was targeted uh, for reporting fatigue concerns. And I'm sure fatigue is an issue with uh, UPS employees, especially the feeder drivers and the everyday drivers. But mm. fatigue uh, at UPS airline, they target pilots that come in fatigue. They accuse you of, of some other unrelated issue lying about calling and fatigue and next thing you know you're in front of a disciplinary hearing and the union's dropping a dime on you and then the next day you're fired mm. and because a fired employee is a better employee because it puts fear in the membership just like i see right. what appears to be maybe fear to actually strike by our teamsters brothers and sisters and to reject a ta that doesn't have language that protects them I don't want to take too much more of your time, guys. You're doing a great job. We appreciate everything you're doing. I watch you all the time. At some point, I would love to share the tentacles of the diabolic and horrific uh, lengths that UPS went to to target me and to manufacture false, false facts and fabricate a case that was based completely on fraud. And to this day, 10 years later, and after having spent a half a million dollars and losing everything I had, to get my day in court and to file, file briefs all the way to the Supreme Court to never have my case heard and enter a court of law to challenge these criminals. Uh, I would love to share with you the details. And for the listeners, you can follow me on Twitter. My call sign is truth, the letter B, the word told, truth be told, number four, all. Truth be told for all. I'm rooting for you guys, and I, I hope you can defeat these criminals and you get what, what you're entitled to. You're not taking anything away from this company. Teamsters are earning whatever mm. they get in the contract, and they should get more. And don't think for a second you're taking it because you've already earned it. Hey, before you go, where did you say you were calling from again? An undisclosed location. You... See, I wanted to yeah, see if he was going to mess I, up and, I, and I tell have... me. 
<laughs> I you just know, wanted I to see if he was going to mess up or tell me. I got to say an undisclosed location because ever since UPS unlawfully terminated me, and I still have yet to get my day in court because UPS has spent $6 million to make sure I never get my day in court, hmm. uh, they blackballed me. They black. I worked at Korean Airlines for a period of time. They found out where I was. And then the next thing I knew, my training was stopped. My training partners, my, my partner's training was stopped. Now my, my training partner, UPS, knew they screwed him over. Now he's a manager at UPS at the Anchorage Gateway in Alaska. But they blackballed me. They lied about me. And they've been trying to keep me unemployed so I can't continue the fight. It's sick. And, you know, yeah. if I could just get this case in a court of law, you know, the facts in themselves, I had three pilots that had de- undisclosed DOIs to the FA, Michael Starnes and Mark Hurst were their names, and another guy by the name of Mark McDermott and Peyton Cook. All three of these guys lied about me. We have overwhelming evidence beyond reasonable doubt. We have audio files, transcripts. We have emails. We have mountains of evidence, 6,000 pages of evidence, and UPS knows we have it, and they will not let me into a court of law. They've rigged this fight from every level of adjudication, from the district court to the circuit court to the Supreme Court and the Department of Labor. And the Department of Labor, I filed the whistleblower complaint. The administ- the, uh, the investigator. Yeah, I, who, I, who com- proved- uh, uh, Captain Green, I, I do apologize, but but we're we're gonna have to let you go. We have a few more callers on the line, and we're about to have to wrap up. But uh, but definitely, uh, you know, ho- hope that you're able to call in at some point and and talk to us some more about that. Yeah, I mean, it sounds Understood, like guys. terrible. All right, well, good luck and keep up the good work. Thanks for your time. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Good one. Uh, next caller, been on the line for 30 minutes. Appreciate your patience. Uh, 701 area code. What's going on, guys? I just wanted to say, uh, thanks for everything you guys are doing again. Uh, you know, this, this TA is a little different and, uh, I'm getting a lot of feedback from the hub and Mm. people are wanting it and people are not, but well, and do, what's your divide, uh, and I think it's gonna, I think it's I think it's going to divide the full timers and part and part timers, and that's what I'm noticing. Yeah. So that's well, all and I got. What's your I name and where are you calling from again? Sorry. Uh, just North North Dakota, and my name's Tyler. Just Tyler. From, the yeah, last, that's right. The last caller took up some time, so I just wanted to pass it on. Thank you, guys. Okay. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, we got another caller on the line. Three one seven area code. 317 hey, area code, what's your name? Will. Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Will Hale. I'm uh, calling out of Denton, Texas. Um, I'm a uh, part-timer and a shop steward. Um, uh, obviously, as a part-timer, I'm not happy with the language uh, mm-hmm. around, uh, around wages. We didn't get the catch-up raises for long-time part-timers that we needed. Um, this sacrifices the new hires and basically locks in the turnover problem at, uh, at UPS, um, makes part-time a, a dead-end job um, for anybody hired uh, after this uh, contract goes into, uh, goes into effect. Um, also, the, uh, the AC language, uh, I, find it to be, uh, I find it to be weak. We lost a brother of ours in Denton, Texas. Um, he had a heat stroke on the highway. Um, he will never, uh, he'll never drive a package car again. Hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's amazing that he's, um, talking and doing the walking that he's doing. Um, this AC language, this will, um, 
the, the company, they will drag their feet, okay? We had fans negotiated into the last contract, right? Um, it took the death of a brother in Waco. It took um, our brother having a heat stroke and, and, and injuring himself terribly on the highway um, for, for the company to finally get the fans in the truck. The grievance process did not get us anywhere. Our mm. leadership was not willing to fight, us, fight for us. So my, my question, every time I see something about strong language, my question is, what is the mechanism of enforcement? And mm. if it's some national committee of backslapping bureaucrats, that's nothing. That's nothing to us. All right. Mm. They said they were going to pull. They said they were going to uh, pull the cameras out of the trucks. That was a strifeful issue. The, the company has promised to pull or to shut the cameras off, but they're not pulling them out of the trucks. Okay, how, how long, you know, next contract, once they've got them all in the truck, you know, the company will say, oh, no, we, we want to, we actually want to, you know, uh, uh, you know, leave, you know, record the, you know, record the drivers now, you know, and, and what are you guys willing to give up so that we, we don't do that? Okay, right. there's no good faith between us and the company. All right, and, and, and everybody needs to understand that. Everybody needs to see past. I mean, obviously, the economics, for me, it's a disappointment on the part-time side, but everybody also needs to see past the economics uh, and, and see that a lot of these wins are, are half wins or quarter wins painted as big wins. Mm. Um, I, hear, I hear a lot of scaremongering about a strike. Um, I hear a lot of scaremongering about full-timers getting bumped up into the hub and displacing part-timers. Okay, part-timers, we're acutely aware of that. We just went through a whole thing where they were pulling 22 fours off the, um, off the road and bumping them up into the, the, the hub and, and displacing part-timers. All right, so we know. Okay, we, we know the risks, all right? It's not, you know, um, and, and obviously it's a risk, but, you know, the thing that I'll leave y'all is, you know, what would history look like if, um, you know, brave people, you know, didn't grab their brothers and sisters and take a leap of faith? So right. vote no. Thanks for doing what y'all are doing. And I'll get off the call and let, uh, let other people speak. Yep. Uh, yeah, really uh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for calling in. And uh, I think we have we've gotten through our queue and literally... With sixty seconds to uh uh sixty seconds to twelve thirty. Look at I mean, wow. how about that? How about it? How about that? Really appreciate um, everyone who yeah. called in, who chatted in, who uh you know had their commentary, whatever side of this particular TA that you're on. Uh, as some of the brothers mentioned, you know you are all Teamsters. And you're all part of the same union. Ultimately, you're all part of the big one big fight. And so I hope that uh, whatever happens, um, just know that the Valley Labor Report stands with you and stands in your struggle and supports all workers uh, when they fight to make their lives better. And so if, um, you know, I, I'll just say for myself, if, you know, a yes vote is what happens, uh, then, you know, good on you if a no vote is what happens and a strike happens i'll be out there at the picket line to support you yep absolutely um 
Again, really appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, before you head out, if you would, like the stream, subscribe to the channel. Uh, we got 130 people watching right now and 70 people, uh, 70 likes. So if you could, before you head out, uh, give us a like, uh, subscribe to the show. Um, we do stuff like this. Um, we have been doing this for three years. I know a lot of y'all, and we really appreciate you finding us in the last week or in the last month, all of y'all uh, UPS Teamsters. Um, but we, we've been on the air for three years doing stuff like this, and, uh, and we cover all sorts of stuff, um, uh, particularly in the South. We're, uh, we're you know, broadcasting out of Alabama, so we are particularly interested in what's going on in labor in the South. So thanks for your time, everybody. Um, if, you, uh, uh, if you want to find more of us, you can uh, subscribe to the channel. And on Thursday, Adam does a uh, shop talk that is just, it's not news, it's not anything like that. It is labor history, education, and training. Um, do you have what you're going to be talking about on Thursday? Yeah, it's the first week of the month, and so it will be this month in labor history. So I'll be talking mm. all about some of the strikes and historic struggles throughout the month of August uh, when it comes to working class people. So yeah, y'all definitely uh, stop by on Thursday morning on YouTube or Facebook. Sci-Fi, thanks for hanging out with us today. Thank you guys for having me here. This was extremely informative. I appreciate it. This is going to be my conversation for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not going to believe what's going on in Iowa, man. I know, yeah. Uh, yeah, we were talking before the show, I think. Or maybe, did we talk about it during the show? I'm running together. But yeah, those folks in Iowa trying to put kids in the coal mines. Crazy stuff. Um, and uh, and yeah, hope, hope to bring you back on sometime. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, man. Uh, that's going to be it for us this week, folks. Uh, subscribe to the channel, and we'll see you next week.